Welcome back everyone to the Kentucky Conservation Conversation. My name is Erin. I'm the educator for the Jefferson County Kentucky Conservation District. If you want to know more information about us, please visit www.jeffcd.org for more information. Today we have Martin Williams uh, as well as Madeline, our new TA, and so I wanted to introduce the county to these two folks and give you some more information about some programs that are coming up and just kind of um, generally start to get to know different sectors of agriculture that are maybe outside of our county, but still very important to what we do here. Good morning, you all. Good morning. Good morning. So I would like for you both to briefly introduce yourselves and what you do for um, the state of Kentucky or our district respectively, um, so that we can start to get an understanding of where your perspectives are coming from and to also help people know what options are out there for careers in the field. One thing that I didn't know uh, when I got into this was how many options there really are. And so I think the sooner we can start letting some of, you know, perhaps our high school students know, you know, agriculture is not just about farming. If you're like me, I love plants. I love farming. I'm not really great at growing things. Um, I do much better with um, things that make noise or have a personality and I don't know, that's just how I am. But, um, you know, there are people that really care about what happens in our county. And so I think this conversation is also just as much about making room for people as anything else. Um, some people are really great at logistics and some people are really great at compost and we need them both. So I guess Martin, if you'll start and then Madeline, we'll hand it over to you. Yeah, thanks, Erin. Uh, thanks so much for having me on this morning. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, I'm from Nelson County in a small town called Bloomfield. Uh, grew up in a very rural lifestyle, um, more of a traditional background, I guess, than some agriculture that you see there in Jefferson County. Um, but like you said, uh, agriculture is very broad and there's a lot of opportunities for folks. So even though I grew up around beef cattle, row crops, um, and I, I also grew up in FFA and 4-H, so I've been involved in agriculture pretty much my whole life. Um, once I got to college at UK, it really kind of broadened my horizons on the different opportunities in agriculture. And so now I actually work as a project manager for the Kentucky Office of Agricultural Policy. Uh, it's been a really neat experience so far. I actually just started back in February upon my graduation from UK. And I've gotten to see a whole lot of the state and many different aspects of agriculture. And daily, I'm amazed by just how broad and diverse the agriculture industry is and the many opportunities that it presents for, you know, those, those future youths looking for employment. What did you get your degree in? So my degree was actually in agriculture economics with a minor in animal science. Thank you. Madeline, what about you? Um, I have quite a different background than Martin. Um, did not grow up in a rural area, much more of a urban city person. Um, and grew up in Louisville and um, lived in Seattle, Washington for a while. And I went to an arts college out there. Um, so this is something I'm coming to without formal education, which I think is important for folks who have maybe been through that part of their life and are looking for more of a career shift. Um, 
my background in this is very self-taught, very um, community oriented. I've spent a lot of time in community gardens and then also working on small organic farms. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, it definitely has been a sort of a, a shift for me um, in the last six or seven years. Um, and then have just started with the conservation district in the last month. Um, and so I'm kind of, um, kind of bringing together my background in nonprofit work with a little bit of administrative work and sort of organizing folks. Um, and then also combining that with my experience now in farming. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to help uh, our urban growers and people in our county to access more resources for their farms to help build their careers and um, to get more food to more people in our county, more local food, and um, also to help people reestablish and reconnect to the land that they're on. Um, and doing that through a variety of, of ways. I'm so glad to have you. I think you're just what we needed at this point in time in Jefferson County. So I'm really, really excited to watch you grow into this role. Um, Martin, will you tell us a bit about the entity that you work for in Kentucky and will you place it in the broader context of not only agriculture, but of kind of how Kentucky government works and how all of these pieces start to move together. Because even though it can, we can feel isolated in our own counties, but really we are a, a part of a bigger picture. So I just kind of want to place that for folks. Yeah, great question, Erin. And it definitely can be confusing, um, even in my short time working here. It's been a little bit confusing for me um, as some pieces have shifted. So. Uh, the Kentucky Office of Agricultural Policy um, currently is a unique organization, but it acts as a division of the Kentucky Department of Agriculture, which is headed up by Commissioner Dr. Ryan Quarles. Um, and that's actually a little bit new. So back in March, Senate Bill 3 went into action and actually moved our office out from um, an, it originally acted as the governor's office of agricultural policy. And so then it was shifted through that bill over to the Kentucky Department of Agriculture. Um, so that's where we now work out of. Uh, KDA is kind of our head and KOAP acts as a vision, division within that. Does that help any? Um, yes, there's so many acronyms in this business. I've said before, my life is just emails and acronyms. Um, for a lot of it. Um, so can we talk about the KADF, speaking of acronyms, will you tell us what that means and tell us where those funds come from? Yeah, so KADF is Kentucky Agricultural Development Funds. And so um, a little bit of background behind that. Um, so the Kentucky Agricultural Development Funds um, were kind of some unique funds set aside to really hold help boost um, the infrastructure of agriculture here in the state of Kentucky. And it was done through some great foresight by the General Assembly uh, back in 2000, um, because they put the 
Kentucky Agricultural Development Board together. And they serve to distribute 50% of the state monies received from the master settlement agree agreement for the general purpose of agricultural development in the Commonwealth. So you hear master settlement agreement and a lot of people probably don't know what that is. Um, so the master settlement agreement was an accord reached in 1998 with 48, 46 states and a few territories with the four largest cigarette manufacturers in America. Um, this led to four, the four companies settling billions of dollars annually to states in perpetuity, so basically forever, based on taxes off of the sales of cigarettes um, because of the negative health effects that that had and the amount of promotion and advertisement surrounding that. So the goal was kind of to move our country more towards a non-smoking environment and to kind of transition away from tobacco. And Kentucky at the time was very much centered around tobacco um, production. I mean, that's really been a huge piece of agricultural history in Kentucky and agriculture's culture here in the state. So it was a big shift to move our state away, away from that because tobacco was a big part of life for a lot of people and put the clothes on people's backs and food on their plate in Kentucky. So our General Assembly put that board together so that we could actually put some of that money back into agriculture and help them diversify away from tobacco or give them some different opportunities outside of tobacco production. Um, currently, Kentucky is only one of three states in the nation actually that puts some of that master settlement agreement money to agriculture. So very unique, um, very different, but we've invested actually $664.5 million in ag programs and projects in Kentucky since 2001 through this program. What are some of the shifts that um, have been made? So when we were talking about this last week, um, it was an effort to assist farmers who were being asked to move away from tobacco find viable options. So what are some examples of most of the options that those tobacco farmers have switched to? So you're seeing a lot of producers um, switch either over to the livestock industry or they're even diversifying out into uh, agritourism type ventures. And that's really been something more recent um, where you're seeing a lot of business get into this ag education piece and they're being able to produce product uh, to serve the public and farm families in their communities um, in multiple counties um, through these different ventures, but also, you know, increase the education on agriculture at the same time. Uh, it's also opened up a lot of different markets. Um, we've been able to allow for a lot more research opportunities too, to help educate producers on some different avenues to go. I think one of our big, biggest projects that the Ag Development Board has done um, was the UK Grain and Forage Center of Excellence. So it's definitely been very beneficial to the state across the board. Um, I would like to know then um, how this connects to urban farmers. Um, we had uh, some folks from the KDA out last week for an urban farm tour and to start bridging some gaps between 
um, broader understanding of agriculture in the state and the things that are specifically unique to Jefferson County. So can we talk a little bit about how this program can and does apply to urban farmers? Um, and another question I had that wasn't on the list and may need some research to answer is how um, how it has what system is in place to ensure that the distribution of funds is equitable um, and perhaps how we can do better in Jefferson County to make sure that that expands. Yeah, all great questions. Um, so specifically uh, talking about urban farmers and how they can utilize this funding. So um, I'm, I'm sure we're fixing to talk about our CAPE program here in a minute and I'll explain that acronym when we get to that. Um, but I think that's a very great opportunity for urban farmers specifically um, to be able to benefit from our programs because you know, you're restricted by your land access. You don't have a lot of resources there to access. And so this can allow you access to some funding um, from some infrastructure or some items um, or anything to build up your business or your small farm there in urban agriculture that you may not otherwise have. Um, now, it, it may be on a cost reimbursement basis, but it's still funding that you wouldn't regularly have. And so I think that's a great opportunity and urban farmers especially need to take, take advantage of these different resources that come available um, because you, know, you all are much more restricted in the current resources that you have. But as far as ensuring that the funds are equitable, our Kentucky Ag Development Board is um, filled with members from across the state, and we actually break our, our specific projects that we fund down into three different committees that rotate, and uh, they analyze those projects in depth. Um, we also work with a business entity that kind of runs those projects through and makes sure that makes sure that they have a great business plan and that they're ready to go to the committee, but. Lots of most of our projects run through the committee structure for a couple months just to make sure that they have all the pieces available and to make sure that that project is worth funding. Um, as far as our programs are concerned, uh, each county across the state has a county agricultural development council, and that's full of members from across the county that help decide where that funding that each county gets should go. Um, so they can choose to put that into a few different programs like the CAPE program, or they can choose to allocate that to county projects. Um, so we try to keep many different people across the board involved so that it is equitable across the board. And we also have strict standard guidelines in place um, to make sure that that funding is used properly. Madeline, did you have a question? I was just wondering if you could give us some examples for folks who may not know of what agrotourism is and yeah, what that, what that might look like for people who are using those avenues now. Yeah, great, great question. Um, so some examples of agrotourism are gonna be like your orchards that you see. Um, I, I went to UK and, uh, lived up in Lexington for a short time. So some immediate ones that come to mind are Evans Orchard. Um, you've got Eckert's Orchard, uh, different orchards like that, or even smaller uh, operations. I went up to a farmer's market up in, I believe it was Oldham County, Oldham or Trigg County, uh, Trimble County, I'm sorry. And um, it was Bray's 
uh, family market there and uh, they sold fresh produce and it was just great opportunity to get people in the store to see that produce you know know where their product is coming from um, and I've worked with many many more <laughs> I'm just very skimming the surface on the agritourism operations that are out there but that's kind of what I'm talking about. I think um, for our Louisville residents, maybe more familiar with um, Happy Jack's Pumpkin Farm um, and that sort of thing where they just open up the farm and you can come and decide what pumpkin you want to have. And, you know, you can also buy other things while you're there. That um, sort of open and welcoming and, and come see us and, and exactly what you said, see where it comes from, um, I think is unique for a lot of people who are used to the model where we just go to the grocery store and, and that's it. Um, Will you walk us through the CAPE program? Yeah, so the the CAPE program is the County Ag Investment Program. Um, so this is one of those unique programs that I was talking about that the County Council has the power to move some of their county resources or funding into. Um, so Jefferson County has decided to put some of their money towards running this program this year. And uh, they have run this program in the past and I believe have dedicated uh, just over $287,000 total um, through CAPE funds across the county in the past since 2001. But um, this program is a cost share program on a reimbursement basis. So producers will uh, be notified of a location by the conservation district and a timeline in which they can access an application to apply for this program. They will have to pick up that application, go fill it out, um, turn in any forms that may go with it um, that the county requires, and turn that in by a uh, application deadline. Now, the way the application works is it's just a few specific questions about the producer's operation currently, what they do, how involved they are, and each of those answers that's on the application has a specific score set with it that a scoring committee will get um, later on. That's a non-biased group um, that is separate from the county council, and these are individuals who are not applying for the CAPE program. So, you know, we try to keep all the politics out of it. And um, they will go through your scores, um, score each answer that you had, verify any information that's asked in those questions there that they need to, and we'll select a certain score to go to your application. Our statewide minimum score is 44, and I believe that's what Jefferson County went with, but I'm not 100% confident. But even if you get above this minimum score, that doesn't automatically mean that you get funding. So the county has a certain amount of money that they can allocate to this project. So um, once they have all those applications scored, they go down the list until they run out of money on the score sheet. And that's how many people that they're able to fund. So the Soil Conservation District will then notify those applicants who will be receiving funding and let them know that they have a certain amount of time to go and get their projects done or make their purchases. And then they will have to bring in those receipts and proof of payment to the conservation district before they're gonna get reimbursed those funds. So that would be like a 50-50 cost share. You spend $3,000, you get $1,500. But I think Jefferson County has actually set the producer maximum to $5,000. So you could potentially spend $10,000 and get $5,000 back. So it's a really great program and it allows for investments in 
a wide variety of areas. Um, and just to name a few, um, so for more production agriculturalists, you can get into some infrastructural changes like some feed storage facilities. Um, you can get into forage and grain improvement, large animal purchases, um, and then specifically thinking about urban agriculture, um, there were a few areas that I thought of that really may benefit urban agriculturalists. Um, we actually have a small animal investment area, so I immediately thought about Vaughn and backyard farms um, like we visited last week when I was thinking about the small animals. So you can um, purchase breeding stock to add to your herd. You can purchase facilities to help with um, whatever small animals you have. Um, then we actually have some energy and water investment. So if you need to repurpose the little amount of water or rainfall that you get there um, at your residence or facility, then you can make some improvements to do that so that you're saving yourself on municipal water and repurposing that water there. And we've also got a value-added marketing investment area. So any labeling, packaging for any products or really about anything that adds value to the product that you're trying to market or sell could pretty much fall eligible within this investment area. And I, I would go through all of our investment areas, but we have 11 and they're all very diverse and have so many things that can fall eligible. Um, so if you want to learn more about those investment areas, um, you can contact Wayne Long, who's the extension agent there in Jefferson County, or you can talk to the Soil Conservation District. But if you just want to look for yourself online, you can go to kyagr.com backslash ag policy, and then you will go over to the Kentucky Ag Development Fund tab, click on applicants, and on the right side, it will have all 11 of our investment areas. So you can see everything that falls eligible within those. But that's a whole lot of information there. So feel free to jump in. If you are driving um, and are stressing out about writing that link down, we will put it in the show notes and we'll make it available when we post this on our Facebook. So just go there and click on it and please don't crash your car. Um, I'm really curious now, do you have the list of 11 things in front of you? We don't have to go into detail, but I'm also like, ooh, 11, that's a lot. Um, do you know what they are? Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got, ag diversification, um, we've got ag technology and leadership development. So that actually allows you to apply for any leadership development events or conferences or educational opportunities. You can get cost share on that. We've got the large animal that I talked about, um, small animal, farm infrastructure, fencing and on-farm water, uh, foraging grain improvement, innovative agricultural systems. Uh, so these are actually some uh, innovative systems that with the help of University of Kentucky um, have set up like fence line feeders and gravel paper grids that really just help you, give you a list of what to do and some eligible items within that. So you can just follow the instructions, go do that and uh, get some cost share money available for that. Um, we've got the on-farm energy that I talked about. We have a poultry and other fowl investment area. And last but not least, the value added in marketing that I talked about. What, so after um, we open up the application window, um, how long do folks have to apply? 
that uh, will be determined by the soil conservation district there in Jefferson County. So um, folks, when this application, it's not um, not rolling. When, you, when it gets opened up and we tell you, hey, you have this long to apply, don't wait. Uh, go ahead and apply and reach out to us if you need help or you have questions on the application and we will get you those answers in a timely manner. Um, that is part of keeping the process equitable is that you understand that you have the right to, to ask these questions um, and figure it out. And if something doesn't make sense, you know, we'll email and talk on the phone until it does. Um, what does yeah, the board yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to jump in. That's a really good point, Aaron, because I would recommend getting your application as soon as you can, um, especially for some folks who may not have all the pieces that they need for this application. Um, a couple of those things that you're going to need is ag water quality plan, um, which the soil conservation district can help you get online if you don't already have one on file. Um, and if you do have one on file, then that works as long as it's current for the past five years. Um, you'll also need a farm serial number because this program is directed mostly to those farm businesses or, you know, agriculture focused on production. Um, but FSNs are very easy to get for the most part. Um, you'll want to contact the FSA. Uh, I believe the closest one there is in Shelby County. Okay, great. So uh, Shelby County FSA can help you access your FSN number. And then the rest of the information is pretty basic. Cool. Um, what does reporting look like on behalf of a busy farmer? So once, let's say you get approved, your project gets approved, what are you gonna need to be in compliance with what is requested for reporting? Yeah, great question, Erin. Um, so uh, reporting, especially for the CAPE program is fairly simple. Um, there's producer report forms each individual investment area and dependent on what you make your purchases or projects on um, can vary what the reporting is. Um, so sometimes it's something that you have to find, figure out as you go along, but it's not a whole lot. Um, so all of the projects or all of the investments across the board are subject to potential site visits. Um, all capital infrastructure like fencing or any buildings that are being built will be will have a site visit done to them to make sure that they're in place. Um, and that means that those items that are invested in are gonna have to be on that location of that FSN within the county in which they were invested. So you can't say that you're gonna purchase something in Jefferson County and then go a county over and make that purchase or that investment there. It has to actually be within the county and you're going to have to have possession of those items that are like permanent changes to like a land uh, for five years. So if you end up, you know, selling your farm, um, there, there are some ramifications that come with that. But those are down the road and can be handled um, more closely to time if need be. Um, but those, those are kind of the basics of reporting. My last question um, kind of has to do with the urban farm tour that we did last week, um, but I, I wanna help urban growers um, maybe start having a little bit of confidence in this, the programs that are in place in general. Um, one thing that we heard uh, from some folks last week is this perception, and I don't know that it is an unjustified perception, I'm going to be honest with you, 
that um, some urban growers are just sort of out here on their own. And that they're the, um, the advertisement or um, sort of getting the word out that there are programs that they can benefit from has seems like it's been pretty minimal. Um, and so I, I wanna know how the KDF and all other acronyms associated therein are working to understand and respond to the needs of urban farmers um, in a way that is tangible um, and helpful. Yeah, that's a great question, Erin. And uh, I, I think you're justified in where you're coming from because um, a, a lot of times organizations can struggle sometimes in, uh, in reaching everybody in their uh, advertisement and getting all of those programs out there. Um, now, I think last week was a huge step in taking steps towards helping urban growers um, and urban populations in that because it was a big educational piece for um, our office with both Brian and Bill being out there, our executive director and deputy executive director. Um, it really helps give us an idea of what urban agriculture looks like in the state so that when we're talking to the committees that are talking about program guidelines and you know how we're gonna include and impact the most producers, we can give them an idea of what the urban agriculture aspect looks like and how, you know, unlike traditional conventional agriculture, you know, a producer owns a piece of land in this community garden aspect, you know, you've got a lot of different producers producing on one piece of land that they don't really own, but yet they're producing produce for a whole bunch of different families. I know one place we were talking about last week was reaching out to 600 families. Um, so that's really astounding. So I think that educational piece is very key and has definitely got our wheels turning on how we can talk to the committees on how we can, you know, move forward with the board as staff on, you know, directing them about urban agriculture in the state. Um, and I do think a piece of that may be educating um, these urban populations more on our programs. And so how do we best do that? Now that we're a piece of the Department of Agriculture, I think that the Department of Agriculture has some great marketing and promotion um, through the Kentucky Proud program. I mean, you see the Kentucky Proud logo and pretty much everyone across the state knows what that is for the most part. Um, so I think if we can tap into that, and promote our programs a little bit more um, because we have a lot more programs just outside of the county ag investment program that i'm talking about i mean we've made 664 million dollars in investments uh, since the inception so to be able to move forward and move in some different directions is going to be key to impacting really diverse agriculture across the state and I, I think that's what our board wants to do as you know we're now 20 years away from where um, the master settlement agreement originally took us and where they originally started thinking about things as a general assembly, you know, what does agriculture look like now? Um, what do producers need? So those are going to be some key pieces to put together um, as we move forward for the next few years with the Ag Development Board. Huge, tremendous gratitude to Martin and Madeline today. For joining us. I want to let everybody know that October 8th is going to be our launch date for this program. If you want to apply for the CAPE program, go visit us at www.jeffcd.org to get started. Um, you can reach out to me or Madeline 
Um, it's going to be Erin at wildcommonwealth.com, and we'll help get your questions answered for this project, all right? We'll talk to you soon.